watch cartoons We'll take a look back at where we've been So let's hop into our time machine Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I'm Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates and today we are going to talk about some cartoon crossovers, uh, but not ones that actually exist. These are ones that have been sprung out of the depths of Katie and my imaginations, uh, which means they're probably going to be very chaotic. Um, this this was sort of inspired by our shared love of crossovers like the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour, which we have discussed at least the first one in great detail. Um, not that I think Katie remembers it, because I'm pretty sure you were passed out drunk about halfway through that episode. I was dared to take a shot before we started recording. I slept through parts of it. To to be fair to you, it was not just the shot. We had, there was a lot of alcohol that had been imbibed that afternoon as we watched the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. Turns out when it's five, not too old, far from college kids uh, on a near a beach, there's alcohol and you watch the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. Yeah, that was the craziest thing we did. And then everyone went to bed before 10 o'clock. So... Because I think we're that also grandparents. Yeah, I think that tells you how long it takes after college for you to lose that college tolerance. Because like the night would have just been getting started at ten o'clock when we were in college, but we watched the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour and passed out. In any case, um, we are here to come up with ideas for what the next a uh, great crossover that inspires acts of mid twenties drunkenness uh, will be. Um, you know, I think what, what made the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour so iconic was just two great shows that went great together. Like they, and I think on, on paper, I feel like one would have thought it wouldn't work. Um, if no other reason, they're completely different art styles, um, but different tones to the show. Uh, you know, there, there were, I feel like many elements that meant that the show shouldn't have worked that way. Um, and yet it, it not only worked as one special, it worked as a trilogy that is now much beloved. So we've got to, we, we have our work cut out for us, Katie. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of different shows that we, we have an options to cross over. Uh, do you have, do you have any ideas for, to start us off? Sure. I did some research in the internet, uh, seeing, uh, different concepts from people and going, oh, that's a terrible idea. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And every so often going, oh, no, that that concept. Now that I can vibe with. Uh, and one, because I was trying to figure out what show would go with Gravity Falls that wasn't a classic, like another Disney kind of magic show. Um, but instead, the one I found that I was a big fan of was Gravity Falls and Scooby-Doo. I had the exact same thought. I didn't look it up. I just thought of it. But yes, let's talk about Gravity Falls meets Scooby-Doo. The wacky hijinks in which Scooby-Doo is chasing that turn out to not be magical is very equivalent to the wacky hijinks in Gravity Falls that everyone expects to be not magical but are magical. And I think that juxtaposition means that a crossover would lead to some either calamity or hilarious event. 
I I agree, and I think that the the big personalities on both sides of between the Mystery Twins and Mystery Inc., I think you could have some real funny shenanigans because like Dipper is just so serious. Like I think he and he and Fred are going to be getting mm-hmm. along really well. Uh, versus Mabel, who I think is going to have a fun time with Shaggy and Scooby. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean I think also it helps that Scooby Doo by its nature kind of crosses over with anything i mean that, that was sort of their whole like supernatural thing. like supernatural for scooby natural yes but like their whole thing like in like the 70s and 80s was like scooby-doo meets you know blank real life celebrity or like batman or the harlem globetrotters like that was like their whole thing was you know doing team-ups and crossover events um so there's really no world in which I feel like Scooby-Doo can't reasonably fit as a crossover. Um, but I think Gravity Falls works just particularly well. Uh, I think you make a good point about the difference between you know, the world of Gravity Falls versus the world of, of Scooby-Doo, where like you start in Scooby-Doo with the presumption that there is generic supernatural threat, like a ghost or a mummy, and it will always invariably be some guy in a mask. Versus Gravity Falls, where you start off with, like, either a mundane explanation or, like, at least one that, like, makes sense to an audience who's expecting a serious threat. And then it's a bunch of gnomes in a trench coat. I was just about, if you didn't get to a question quick enough, I was going to say, and then it's gnomes. And then it's gnomes. I Which really, I, I, in a way is an opposite of the Scooby-Doo trope where you take off the ghost mask and it's a human. And in this case, you take off the human mask and it's a bunch of gnomes. I I think that would work. That whole bit would work really well. Um, I, I, I also, I feel like uh, Wendy Velma and uh, Daphne would have like a really good girls club going on. I think just like mm-hmm. the three of them together, just like being the muscle of the party <laughs> works out really well. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Dipper building traps with Fred. Yeah. And Seuss would be hanging out with Shaggy also. Yes. 100%. Or like maybe they'd have like a weird rivalry. I could see, I could see them ending up like, like Seuss thinks that Shaggy's like stealing his bit. (laughs) I like this concept. This does sound accurate. Grungle Stan would try to find a way to monetize the fact that famous mystery hunters, uh, Mystery Inc. are at their, their house. I guess yeah, that's absolutely. the question is, is Scooby, has Scooby-Doo come to Gravity Falls or are Mabel and Dipper somehow finding their way into wherever uh, this, the Scooby gang, well, not the Scooby gang, that's, that's Buffy. I guess it's just Mystery Inc. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it was the lat former ladder. Them coming former. to Gravity Falls. I, I prefer yeah. that. Because they're like a road trip group. They like go, they don't really have a set yeah. area. Like technically, I think they live in Coolsville, but like they they're they... playing Monster of the Week. They can move around a lot easier. They are playing Monster of the Week. That's so true. But where's Jimmy <laughs> Carter and Scooby Doo? That's that's a good that's a good crew. I like that crossover a lot. Uh, then the next one I thought of that I think could be a lot of fun, um, is Kids Next Door and Phineas and Ferb. Because I think I think Phineas and Ferb would be very good and bad members of the kids next door. I think they'd be good in the sense that they definitely have their treehouse technology down pat. I think 
both shows feature uh, treehouse meccas in some way or another. Um, Definitely both a celebration of childhood and especially making the most of your childhood. Um, I think like there are some interesting interactions there though, because when I think of the kids next door, I think of a a mostly very cynical bunch. Like they are coming at the world from a very dark place of it is us versus adults and we have to fight a never-ending war to take back what's rightfully ours, i.e. our childhoods, versus Phineas and Verb, who have a very, like, lighthearted, we-don't-hate-anyone uh, sense of their world. So I feel like a lot of this crossover would end up being, like, the kids next door trying to weaponize Phineas and Ferb, and they're just there for good times and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you put that one pretty well. I got not a lot to add. I mean, I I feel like I feel like there would the sticking point would be Candace because the kids next door's whole deal is that teenagers are like I feel like the whole the whole vibe with teenagers in Kids Next Door was like when you're in a zombie movie and like one person in your group has just been infected and they like don't fully know they're infected yet or like they're like trying to hide the fact that they were infected like they're not fully gone yet they're not they're not one of the enemy yet but they're on the way and they need to be eliminated like i feel like that was very much the vibes teenagers were given in kids next door like they can sort of remember what it was to be a kid but they're on the uh, they're on the adult side now we we cannot trust them but yeah. they love their sister, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, kill her. <laughs> Not that the kids next door would kill. They weren't allowed to do that. What's Perry up to? Did we talk about that? That's a good question. What would, what would, in this crossover, because of course you have to include all the elements of each show in the crossover. That's like the rule. Um, I guess the kids next door don't really have a pet, do they? I don't, I don't remember. So. I don't think they did either. Um... I mean, him being like a secret agent, man, I feel like he actually fits. He's actually more like the kids next door in personality, I'd say, than Phineas yeah. and Ferb. So he's still a know. secret agent. He can just be messing with the kids down the lane, whatever it is. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think that's I think the the di- issue is making it into the B story. So, yeah, the the delightful children from down the lane are your classic kids next door villains. Um, but like, I think the, the real question is who would Doofenshmirtz team up with that Perry has to help foil? That I don't know. I don't re- Yeah, I, I know there were the two that were based on the, the two gay guys from Diamonds Are Forever. Um, I, I like that. I, that's just a really deep cut that I didn't get until years later when I watched Diamonds Are Forever. I'm like, hey, it's those guys from Kids Next Door. Why? Um, I guess it was, it's father, I think, is the, the father of the delightful children who's kind of creepy i i think that actually is a really good villain pair up for doofenshmirtz because his villain pair ups always work when he's going up against someone who is very serious um a classic villain and then he's there i forget have you seen the uh the the mission marvel phineas and ferb episode i have not it's uh it's funny because it's sort of like that in that uh Doof has to team up with the uh the Marvel villains. Um, so like Modok, Red Skull, Whiplash, and Venom, um, are are all gonna fight the, the heroes who are of course aligned with Phineas and Ferb, and they also team up with Doofenshmirtz. And 
he is hilarious with them, uh, especially with Red Skull, because they have, I don't want to say the same accent, because that's very unfair to Liam O'Brien's Red Skull. But they're I was both- literally about to raise my hand and go, is, is Red Skull still Liam O'Brien? It is still Liam O'Brien. Um, doing a, a a very good German accent, as you both know, as we both know, he does a good German accent. And then you have Dan Poffenmeyer's Doofenshmirtz accent, which is really just vaguely Eastern European and probably offensive. I've never asked a German person what they think of that. I'm I'm sure they like it because German people have good humor about themselves, but like, I don't think it's German. No, <laughs> if, if, probably not. If, if asked, he would say it's Drusselstinian, I imagine. Um. So yeah, I imagine sort of similar team up would be uh with with uh Schmerz and father where he's just like probably making fun of the fact that he is entirely in silhouette and that's never explained. I don't think why he's just a creepy entire silhouette of a human, um other than he looks creepy, so it works in that respect. Um, but yeah, I think I think that would be a fun crossover. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I I can picture this being very good. I think also we we didn't clarify, but I think we should clarify that we're not sticking to what is possible based on what network things are on, right? Maybe no, that's boring. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, that's why you have a Disney show teaming up with a uh with a Cartoon Network show. It also allows us to do things across eras, which is important because you know it it gets too homogenous, like. I, was, I saw a post the other day about how many shows back in the early 2000s on Disney Channel had crossovers with Lilo and Stitch the series. It was like all of them. Like if you were Disney. airing as a cartoon at the same time as Lilo and Stitch the series, your characters went to Hawaii and met Lilo and Stitch. Disney in our childhood loved a good crossover. Their live actions, full of them. And frankly, those were pretty good episodes often. Weren't those the best? Okay, like, I, as much as I, I you know, I, I did like those Lilo and Stitch episodes, but the ones that were really the bomb was when you had it, like, advertised as, like, well, well, it, I think it was, like, well, there was one that was, like, like, Sweet Life with That's So Raven and Hannah Montana all together, and it was, like, the biggest thing ever. Um, Man. Yeah. That that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. There we go. That's they what came it up was. with really good names. Also, usually they, they picked shows that worked well enough to get. I mean, I guess that was also the beauty of having Sweet Life be one of those is because they live in a hotel. It and was later really a boat. easy to come up with explanations for why any other show would be there because they're just on vacation. Like that was real, and I guess that's also the same as why Lilo and Stitch was easy because you can justify any of those characters going to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I think didn't Phineas and Ferb team up? No, that the the timelines doesn't add up that with timeline that. Doesn't work, but... I seem to recall them going to Hawaii and it being a crossover. Vamp for me while I look this up. Vamp, 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 vamp. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, on the level of crossovers, I mean, some of those live action ones I might put better than Timmy and Jimmy Power Hour just because they were really the talk of the town. Timmy and Jimmy Power Hour is high bar low bar steven universe and okay or no uncle grandpa low bar mm, that's uh, yeah easy to but... be didn't watch that episode <laughs> it's okay that... go is the modern one that has a lot of cross okay ko does a lot yeah i know they had one with the they had one with the uh, steven universe too i definitely said okay go which is a band <laughs> okay okay ko oh okay it it wasn't explicitly a crossover, 
but the list of illusions with this episode is crazy. So the hotel manager trying to stop Phineas and Ferb is a reference to Mr. Mosby, also played by Phil Lewis, who tries to stop Zach and Cody. And every other thing is that like, there's there's reference to Lilo and Stitch. There's Madagascar references. There's there's a lot of references to other things in this one episode. Wow. Phineas and Ferb does good references. My favorite Phineas and Ferb crossover is the Star Wars one. I mean, is that a crossover? Not really. It's more of a parody, but. I mean, it's a crossover with another property. So sure. I mean, the the other characters are there. It's a really Um, enjoyable thing. When I do my watch all of Star Wars in order, I have to throw it in somewhere. I mean, it is like my third favorite Star Wars thing. So yes, that, 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 that I would say is, is definitely your second favorite Star Wars thing. I don't care about what your first is. A New Hope is my is my mm-hmm. second favorite Star Wars thing. Great. We can move on now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what's first. That's boring. I mean, I think when I say number two is A New Hope, I think you pretty easily figure out what number one is. But yeah. in any case, uh, do, you, do you have a, another crossover to propose? Oh, yeah. Um, which one do I want to get? I'll go with... Uh, Ooh, my brain just short-circuited. Steven Universe, because I talked about how it has one of the worst crossovers. Mm. Um, a concept of a crossover that I think would be far more enjoyable because the characters would get along so well. Steven Universe, Powerpuff Girls. <gasps> that would be excellent. Oh, oh, I'd love that. I The dads I think- can hang out. The gems and the Powerpuff Girls would get along great, as would Steven, though they would be overwhelmed eventually. See, I like the idea of the Powerpuff Girls meeting the gems because I think in a lot of ways they're very much mirrors of each other. But I think it would be funny for them to refuse to see the similarities between them because there's just enough difference that I think they could... they they'd be they'd be like well I don't I don't I'm not like that I don't sound like that like I feel like the the equivalent of like bubbles and pearl like I can see them like getting teamed up and like really just hating each other to the mm-hmm. extent that bubbles can hate anyone but yeah. like however Buttercup and Amethyst best buds oh immediately so ready to hit the town as buddies they're they're just out there getting dirty somewhere I. I mean, literally, literally dirty, muddy, not shut up fan artists. I can hear you scribbling out there. Um, I don't know. I guess I always, I always think of, of Buttercup as just like perpetually covered in mud, partially because yeah. I had a book growing up that was all about Buttercup not wanting to take a bath. So that's kind of become my perception of Buttercup. One of my favorite childhood t-shirts was a pastel lime green shirt with Buttercup on it. That says a lot about me, I think. I mean, yeah, I I can see the influence of of Buttercup in your life. Yeah, I think him would get along great with some of the gem villains also. Yeah, I mean, the fact is that he is coded so gay, I think automatically makes him a welcome addition into the Steven Universe universe. Mm-hmm. He uses uh, he pronouns. His name is him. He must use he him pronouns, right? I 
I don't know. Now I'm worried I might be misgendering them. My brain stopped computing <laughs> thoughts. I, there was I, a little bit of a 404 error. <laughs> he's like so he's, he's so androgynous. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> Her name's him. That's so confusing. I mean to be fair, that would also be very much in character for them to have their name be him but not go by he him pronouns. That would be a, a troll move on a level that I think he can get behind. <laughs> All the internet uses he, him. Okay. But also, gay icon could use every pronoun, I would bet you. Would be fine oh. being called anything as long as you're respectful. Him is a gender-fluid icon, and we stand regardless of pronouns. Yeah. And also, what's the red-haired woman's name? Does she have a Cerebellum. name? Cerebellum. Thank you. Uh, I feel like we'd get along with several characters. Um, like I think not just Garnet. Her. Hmm? I said I'd like to get along with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, she and Garnet have the same body type. That wasn't what I was getting at at all. <clears throat> Moving on. I mean, weren't you, though? Weren't you? Oh, absolutely. They could talk about being, um... Well, this is where... They could have a great conversation about what it's like to be a woman in the day and age of uh, all all the misogyny. Absolutely. All right, my my next one. Uh, I I I think I haven't thought this entirely through, so I need it. Just it felt right, so I think mm. I need you to help me determine what this show would be, mm -hmm. and. It is a crossover between Danny Phantom and the ghost and Molly McGee. I was also debating pitching that and had the exact same thing you did, which was, well, how would this work? I mean, I think in theory it would work. I think, again, in, in theory. In theory. In theory, it would work. Well, you, have, you got a ghost hunt side plot. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So we gotta. You obviously gotta have a world in which. Uh, yeah. You, you got. You gotta have a, have a some sort of situation where the ghosts come and interact with our our world from the ghost portal. Mm -hmm. But like we gotta we gotta we gotta shore up what the ghost the ghost to human world interaction is vis a vis Danny Phantom versus Ghost and Molly McGee because. The the world the world's rules are very different. Like yeah. in 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 Danny Phantom, I think canonically there was no interaction until Danny's parents punched a hole in the universes and let the ghost world in. Right? Okay. I believe so. It's and been also, a long time since I looked at Danny Phantom lore. Yeah, I, I know we did an episode on it, but I think also, was I not here for that one? Was that just Rachel running that? I don't remember. It's been a while. Oh, I think I, like, came in late or something. There was, like, a whole thing, I think, with the Danny Phantom episode. But the, the, oh, like, 
are the ghosts in Danny Phantom actually dead is my question. Because I think, I I don't know Mostly. if they're supposed to be dead. I don't, or if they're just entities. I think some are supposed to be dead people. Like they're, okay, so people. so like Molly McGee, they were once alive, now they are dead and they are ghosts. The, the way the, the classic situation is. Yeah, I think mostly. All right. Hmm. I think Molly would want Danny to teach her how to become a ghost so she could have better interactions with her ghost friends. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this the Molly would want to be very close friends with the Danny Phantom ghosts in the same way that uh, she that that she's friends with her world's ghosts. But those Mm -hmm. ghosts are mean ghosts and like not in the fun mean way that the Molly McGee ghosts are. Um, So I feel like she'd end up getting quite hurt. I feel like it would become a Billy and Mandy incident where she accidentally bounds like an eternal entity to be her best friend. Just kind of on accident. I mean, that's how she got Scratch. Yeah, she'd do it again, though, with a scary one. That would be like a very funny end of the episode where like she's going back home with Scratch. I met this is another one where I imagine they are traveling to Danny's neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, like she just goes back home. She's like, yeah, like I've I've got the crusher now. And there's just a a big, terrifying, spooky ghost just pops up. And she's like, yep, he's going to room with Scratch now. And Scratch, I think, is probably not cool with that because he's yep. he's a friendly ghost in the in the purest sense. Yeah, this one's like, the immortal killer of worlds. Wah wah. Except except not really, because Molly McGee is gonna warm your cold, cold heart. I didn't think Danny would get along with Molly. I don't know. I feel like I think they're technically supposed to be the same age, but they just feel They're not the same age in my heart. I mean, a lot of it's the art style, right? Like Molly McGee is like so like smooshed down versus like your more like lanky boys in Danny Phantom. But I'm pretty sure Molly is 15. Yeah, I guess to part of it is I just imagine Danny Phantom being like a 16 year old brooding high schooler and Molly McGee strikes me more as an eighth grader. Oh, never mind. Never mind. She's 13. She's 13. She's not 15. I was right. Okay. Okay, I don't know why I thought she was 15, other than I think I'm thinking of Luce from the Owl House, who is a 15-year-old who also similar to Molly McGee, looks too small. Um, but I'm yeah, just, okay. I'm glad I called that. I was like, she feels like an eighth grader. I believe 13 is eighth grade. Well, it, yeah, it also, it makes sense because how could, how could I forget she and she and Libby, uh, Libby has a bat mitzvah, so, so they must be 13. Mm, yes. Mm. How could you forget? I don't, I don't know. I don't, Moon Girl also did a, a bat mitzvah episode though, and that makes it makes me very happy to be in the bat mitzvah sans of cartoons, uh, because I I never saw that growing up, like literally not at all. And now in the span of like a year and a half, there are two. The world is good. What what you have another crossover idea? I have another one that's a little half baked. Um, all right, well let's 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 pop it in the oven of our thoughts. I just. I've grown to, as I was coming up with really dumb ones that really would never happen, but I was intrigued by, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Easy to pop into many things. 
That's where we're that at. That is true. And then Earth I went over the garden wall. Ooh. Courage and over the garden wall. That's great yeah. because I, I feel like the style of spooky things is uh is very similar between courage and over the garden wall. Exactly. That's why it kind of stuck with me was it was just like the vibes are similar in terms of like the creepy monsters. And it's very easy to pop this little dog lost into this crazy land. The beast strikes me as very courage the cowardly dog oh the beast especially especially in that one shot where we see his whole body and he's just mm-hmm. like old mouths that's the sort of thing they would have put on courage the cowardly dog and we would have never been emotionally prepared for that yeah that and like the pumpkin i love the pumpkin guy pumpkin guys are great everything about over the garden wall is utterly perfect there is yeah i don't know if it's ever been mentioned on this podcast that we did get you an over the garden wall gift one year um, and I they think, are cursed pumpkin heads that that I keep right under my TV year round. Yes, I think we've I think we've mentioned the cursed pumpkins before on this pod because they are perfect, and I do not want anyone to say anything about them. I was trying They're- to find a normal gift, and I found those, and went, "Those are so cursed to bring into someone's home." Add to cart. Oh yeah, no, there's definitely ghosts now, just in my house, and you know, Molly McGee style fun ghosts though only. Oh, hmm. I mean, I feel like Over the Garden Wall is also one of those shows that works as a crossover with almost anything just because the premise of the show and granted because it's a mini series and it's so wonderfully self-contained and it's like so perfect in it's just existence that like I don't want to touch that thing but if we had to insert a crossover if we lived in a world in which we had such a glut of over the garden wall that there were just so many episodes and adventures that we could throw in crossovers I feel like they could meet just about anyone. Honestly, I would really like them meeting Scooby-Doo gang. I think that yeah. could be really nice. I think there is, you know, I'd want them to stick with kind of Halloween-y properties because it is to me so tied in with that. And like, for me, like Halloween movies I loved as a kid were a lot of Scooby-Doo stuff, like Witch's Ghost and Ghoul School. Um, we got to talk about Witch's Ghost one year on this show. Do you ever watch Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost? Probably. Do you know the Hex Girls? You're really trying so hard with my memory, but you know it ain't great. You're gonna like the Hex Girls. I can't okay. I can't I can't say that for a fact, except I know that for a fact. You're gonna like the Hex Girls. Got it. <laughs> no, but I think the other thing with um over the garden wall that makes it really easy that you could put in a lot of different properties theoretically in uh, our head canons now um is because it's such a vast fantastical realism space that has no like set boundaries or maps it just kind of exists in this fluid state um there's not a lot of rules to follow so you could it could easily have new locations new things that keep that would keep the 10 episode miniseries fully come contained but you could have other things in the space it's very similar to i think the other show that's modern animation that's easy to mix with any show if we wanted would be infinity train because it has an infinite number of cars in which shenanigans could occur i was going to say infinity train strikes me as a really good way to do like 
a show almost kind of like Scooby-Doo in which you have just a new crossover every episode. Like if we lived in a perfect world where you can have, you know, you just drop in on any show you wanted, um, you could you could have like any any number of cartoons all of the cartoons different art styles I mean that was the best thing about Infinity Train well a lot of great things existed in Infinity Train it could have gone on for infinity but I loved that all the different cars could have their own art style so like imagine popping into a Disney show popping into a Nicktoon like just wildly different animation styles you know the, to oh. conform with the different ones yeah. This, in theory, as we talk about it, reminds me of what actually is my favorite crossover that's not technically a crossover, because it's all parodies of shows, uh, is the Fairly Odd Parents Channel Chasers, like, TV I movie. That, that is that. my favorite episode, I think, of Fairly Odd Parents. It is very enjoyable. I feel like there were a lot of shows that did that because Teen Titans did one of those too of the jumping from different TV shows, TV shows. I I want to say there were other ones too. I, I mean, think there were others. I think I just liked the premise of the Fairly Odd Parents one the most, so it stuck with me so long. It, that that was pretty great. I think I think though I think Channel Chasers. I think it being a special, it being so hyped, it really coming from all kinds of different areas uh i think made things work really nicely um but yeah that was that was pretty spectacular although i do i do have a very soft warm place in my heart for the uh for the one in in teen titans just because Mm. that they were actually fighting a villain in that one and it was and I I just remember like it was one of the first times as a kid I got a meta joke because there was one point in which oh. they got back to their real world and the cyborg is like moaning like oh we're in the first episode of season four and I was like ha this is the first episode of season four the thing that I am watching ha I get I get you <laughs> I felt very grown up Katie it's very important that you know how grown up I was that I got the meta joke I'm very proud of you I was I was very in tune with the world. All right, you got a last one. I I do. I I have a last one, and I I this 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 one is a pop, probably a little bit cheating because it did technically happen at Comic Con, which doesn't count. Mm. <laughs> um, but now that both of these shows are done and both fan bases are still raring for oh, more, I know where this is going. You know where this is going. I really wish, like, this is, like, my, I think my only earnest one. I really want Amphibia and Owl House to have a crossover. And I know this is also unfair because you haven't seen either show. Um, but, A, you should because you'll like them both. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. Um, but they they split off from Gravity Falls with very similar DNA. They're both created by people who worked on Gravity Falls. And they each, like, kind of took a chunk of the vibe and made their own show with almost identical premises that just split off in where like the the premise is girl gets transported into fantasy world what happens next and like yes that is a very common uh form of, of story like that's your alice in wonderland um i i've i forget the name but i hear it's like a whole like there's like a name for it in japanese because it happens so frequently in manga and anime um 
I, we, we have people watching this pod who are probably going to text me and tell me what the actual term is, but I don't know it off the top of my head. And even if I saw it written out, I would mispronounce it. So whoops. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 there is, it is a very easy crossover. Hence why they, you know, the two combined teams did a little like script reading of what that would look like at Comic-Con one year. But like, actually though, Disney make a special, like just 30 minutes because the worlds exist in such a way that you can have these characters popping from dimension to dimension with great ease. There is a mechanism in both of these worlds that allow them to pop into places. They they alluded in the shows themselves to the ability and both in both shows have references to each other because again, shared DNA. We know it's possible. Just let me have this, Disney. Meh. <laughs> I want I want possible with Disney and a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Anything anything is possible from a company that this week has announced stupid layoffs to their animation division. So this is this is definitely me coping with the knowledge that instead of all these great crossovers, we're probably getting less content in the coming years, um, which is a shame. But this is something that, come on, you, you, the teams exist. They work with each other. They like each other. They they've worked for Disney before. As long as too many bridges weren't burned, I think I think the Amphibia team left on pretty decent terms with Disney. Owl House, no. Everyone everyone at Owl House is is openly pissy at Disney, so that that's gonna be the tougher sell. But like, come on, I I, I just couldn't I couldn't let this episode go by without without wishing uh for for this to happen. Um, I knew it was coming. Uh, honorable honorable mention um i want dragon prince and avatar to get together just because i want callum and Sokka to interact yeah also a classic easy one yeah i mean that's that's always the best part of the the crossovers is when the two characters who have the same voice actor have to interact that's that's always fun yeah it's really it's really fun when someone has to voice two characters and constantly switch their hat (laughs) wow what kind of stupid person would do that that's a that's a, a force himself to do it for weeks, <laughs> but now I'm free. <laughs> That's what you think. Do not force me to play two characters again. It was stressful. I'm not a good voice actor. Of all of all of our D and D friends, I was possibly the least equipped to switch between two character voices. I'd eventually just have one accent because I can't stay in one accent for long enough. At least you have multiple accents. I can't do accents. Anyway, this isn't important. Uh, no, is, it's is... not. Did you have uh, any others to share or shall we wrap this up, Katie? No, I think that was most of mine. And I have a cat fighting my feet, so. Well, that is very important. That. Go go take go take care of your kitty cat. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us for this foray into the world of crossovers. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We, we, we love all these shows and it's really fun to imagine that they can enjoy each other the way that we enjoy them. Um, so thank you for that. We're going to pop back into our cartoon time machine and we'll whip up some more crossovers in, at least in our minds, if not in reality. I'm Scarlett. Mm -hmm. I'm Katie. We're your animates and we will see you next time.